Welcome to Mr. Reticle Presents the C Word, a deep dive into the IBLP and WWYD. I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And in this side quest, we'll be discussing why the Institute of Basic Life Principles is a cult. What does a charismatic leader, deception, homeschooling, and purity culture have in common? Brainwashing, abuse, and scandal. Oh my. Bring your snorkel, swim trunks, and sexy rash guard and jump in with us every other Wednesday. And then bam, music. Nope. I don't care. Uh, we should. Um, uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. This is uh, because we are long winded and um, have bad time management. Here's the beginning of part two. And scene. Perfect. <laughs> so, another source we have that kind of I stole from Wikipedia and uh, his influential book, The Kingdom of Cults, which was published in 1965. Mm-hmm. Christian scholar Walter Martin defines Christian cults. Now, again, that's Christian cults. I'm right. sure there's also other kinds of secular cults as well. But the Christian cults is groups that follow the personal interpretation of an individual rather than the understanding of the Bible. Right. Providing examples. So these are his examples of that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. So LDS, mm-hmm. Christian Science, yeah. Jehovah's Witness, and the Unity Church. So, Unity, like the, isn't it like brown with a red cross with like a flag? Is that Unity? I think, I think so. No, it's like people holding hands. Never mind. Okay, let's see. Unity Church. Really? Yeah, I don't see a, I don't see a specific. Uh, no, they're all different. Flag. Apparently there's a lot of them and you can join them everywhere. Interesting. So um, they are known for the Daily Word devotional publication. Oh. So that's their thing. Okay. So that does sound familiar to me. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, There's also another church that's very well known for their daily bread, which is the same idea. It's a daily devotional. And they will put it usually in the pews before every Sunday. Like they'll change week to week. But I think they're also probably daily. Yeah. Um, I just don't remember which church it is. So unity now describes itself as for people who might call themselves spiritual, but not religious. Hmm. I feel like that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know anything specifically about them either. Yeah. Me either. Oh, you know what I did want to look over though? Per conservapedia, which we just looked up. Yes. I wanted to see their points of what makes up a cult. I like seeing both sides of. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. In a general sense, a cult is a group which exercises mind control over its followers. In a Christian sense, a cult is a group which claims to be Christian, but which has major doctrinal differences to normal Christianity. The word okay. cult is not in the Bible, but its direct corollary is hearsay or heretic. Okay, so they would have been called a heretic in the Bible. Got it. You mean you mean heresy, not hearsay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yep. You're right. <laughs> Just checking. Heresy. Just for clarity. Uh, That's all. Yep. No. 
Nope. So what they would have been called. Okay. So other biblical terms are false teachers, false prophets, and false brethren, which is often in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So Josh McDowell, don't know who that is. And Don Stewart lists typical characteristics of cults, although not all cults have all of the characteristics. So they also agree. You don't have to have all of these. They claim to have a new relationship from God. They claim to have an exclusive interpretation of scripture. They have a source of authority that supersedes the Bible. They have a view of Jesus contrary to biblical teaching. They reject Orthodox Christianity as having departed from what it should be. They say one thing publicly, but something different internally. They reject or have a distorted view of the Trinity. They keep changing their teaching. They have a strong leader who considers himself the messenger of God. They require works and never teach that salvation is simply by placing one's faith in Christ. And they make false prophecies. Hmm. So that's their criteria. Now on paper, that all sounds kosher to me. Yeah. Like, I can't really argue with it. No. I, I might argue that a few of these IBLP is also guilty of, but. We'll hit that later. <laughs> um, if you look up Josh McDowell, because I recognize the name, and I think it's because in my mm -hmm. Bible that I have, there's like excerpts from books about certain topics or whatever, or famous speeches, mm -hmm. like whatever. Um, and I think he has a couple in there. And I just looked him up to see, and his website is josh.org. So, ah, josh.org. Josh.org. Wow, that's like quite the handle to get, you know? Right? Like, that's pretty good. Geez, you got the first one. All right. Good, good job, Josh. Maybe, maybe second one <laughs> if he wanted.com, but that's pretty solid. Yeah. His name is Jocelyn. 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 J O S L I N. Huh. Well, that's never, a different name. Never seen that before. I haven't either. Oh, his hmm. wife's name is Dottie. I love that name. I have not <laughs> met a Dottie. I haven't liked, just for the record, they're all great. <laughs> I've never met a Dottie, but. <sighs> I have a lot of patients. A lot of old name. patients that all, well, either it's funny because they'll go by things that aren't their name. Like I have, yeah. you know, people that go by something that's like Betty or something like that. It's like, that's not even close to your name. So that's definitely an older nickname for a lot of people. My grandmother, her name was Elizabeth, but she went by Shirley her whole yeah. life. She always hated the name Elizabeth. This is going to sound terrible, but the other day I was like, what was my mom, like my dad's mom's name? And I literally couldn't think of it because she went by Stevie, which is not her real name. Right. Like at all. And I'm like, what was that? I can't remember. Ooh. Oops, Ooh. clearly we weren't close. It's <laughs> like, darn it. That's fine. What was it? But I, I remember my mom speaking it often. I'm like, I totally forgot what it was. Yikes, that's embarrassing. I've oh, definitely no. met her a few times, but clearly we didn't hang out a lot. Hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> it oh, happens. No. It happens. Okay. I was looking up Christian science because I don't know what that is. I've definitely heard of them. Um, but yeah, they didn't really pop up. I feel like LDS and Jehovah's witnesses, like yeah. definitely we're all pretty familiar with them, but, and I have more understanding of like maybe local churches that would be, but this is in Massachusetts specific, so. like church of Christ. They definitely, I wouldn't say they're culty or anything, but they definitely have their own little things so that they do differently. So the first church of Christ is 
Christian Science. Okay. Same thing, I guess. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Continue. So you're you're good. That was just kind of our stopping point uh, for that point, at least. So yeah. I also found now this guy is super cool. So glad I found him. He's very interesting. Um, this guy serves on, uh, he is the president of the board of the International Cultic Studies Association. How do I his, get a job there? Right? That's what I'm saying. So his website, which I will add it because it's a good resource for anybody that's looking for like exit counseling if you're leaving a toxic group like one of these that we're mentioning. This okay. is exclusively what he deals with, but also he's a forensic psychologist. Love that. He's dealt with, yeah, trauma, like childhood trauma abuse, sexual, um, sexual abuse, um, all this different stuff. His resume is like literally takes up a whole browser page and it's very impressive. And it's just like, I did this and this and this and this. Awesome. Like, do you sleep, dude? Like, sheesh, very impressive. <laughs> um, definitely knows what he's talking about. And he's taught at so many colleges, like the University of um, Wilmington, Delaware, Wow. All these different schools. And a lot of them, I think, overlapped as well. Like he was a busy, busy guy. Very cool. Yeah, so cool. his name is Steve e Eichel, I want to say. I would say Eichel. I'm guessing. Eichel. Uh, we're just going to call him Steve for our purposes because that's easier. But Steve. anyways, he, Steve, Steve. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why you have to say that's that's Australian. From, that's from something, isn't it? no idea i have no clue okay sorry continue oh you know what it's from that stupid prairie dog video where it's like alan alan yep. oh no it's not alan Save. Save. that's what it is that's it's embarrassing um <laughs> it's not popped i know right exactly out. what you were saying <laughs> i was like that's from something <laughs> Oh, I think I just, every time I see that name now, that's like my initial response is to say it that way. So I just don't even remember the original origin of work. Prairie dogs. That's great. So Dave, um, he points out that cults or high demand groups is apparently more of the scholarly term. Okay. They need only two or several members to count as a cult. So what you're saying earlier. So it wasn't a cult because it was just her. Right. So right. yeah, if it's just you now, if you're in a domestic partnership with somebody, I don't know, you have a leader and a follower. Is that too? Yeah. Right. But they said this as members. So I feel like members are not the leader. True. So you only have two or several members of the cult to count. In fact, that's more common having a smaller group. The smaller the cult, the less media attention they attract, the easier to isolate and abuse their members. We will never know about most cults. That's uncomfortable. Which makes sense. You have to have a very intense level of control to have yeah. control over, you know, more than five people, I would think. Yeah. Like, can't keep track of all of them all the time. You know, it's a lot. It's like some people lose their children in the supermarket. You have like 15 members running around. That's a lot of people. That's true. So that was from his website. And then uh, he also has an article that he wrote called Cults, Extremist Movements, and the Child Custody Evaluation, because he's done a lot of work with kids. Okay. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, he states social psychologist Alexandria, Alexandra Steen in 2009, so another expert, offered mm -hmm. the following definition of a destructive slash totalistic cult. 
and she defined it as a useful definition of the cult builds on the work of Lifton, so our guy earlier, yep. and then two other people, Singer and Ar- Arendt, 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 there's an NDT situation. <laughs> yeah, probably butchering it. I'm so sorry. But anyway, so it's built on these three guys, their criteria uh, and others and encompasses the following five points. The group is led by a charismatic and authoritarian, authoritarian leader. It okay. has a closed, steeply hierarch- hierarchical inner structure. I cannot say that word. That is I get hierarchy. One. There's too many C's. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> There's too many vowels. Anyways, they have an inner structure. The group adheres to an exclusive or total belief system. Processes of coercive person. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Processes of coercive persuasion or brainwashing are used to retain followers, and followers are exploited. He then goes on in the same article later and quotes um, this other person, Louis Julian. 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 Jolene, 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 just kidding. We're going to call them Lewis West. We're going to skip the middle name. He is a psychiatrist who once worked on the CIA funded program uh, to study mind control. And he defined a totalistic cult as a group or movement exhibiting a great or excessive devotion or dedication to some person, idea, or thing and employing unethical manipulative or coercive tactics of persuasion and control. For example, isolation from friends, former friends and family, debilitation, use of special methods to heighten suggestibility and subservience, powerful group pressure, information management, part of the bite model, promotion of total dependency on the group and fear of leaving it, suspension of individuality and critical judgment, and so on designed to advance the goals of the group's leaders to the possible or actual detriment of members or families or the community. I, my brain didn't mm-hmm. go here necessarily because of this, but just like in general, and I'm going to go out mm-hmm. on a limb and sound really horrible for a second, but I don't fully believe it. But I do want to point out that I feel like the military mm. has some of these same things. Granted, that's more like a job that, you know, you sign up for Mm -hmm. it and whatever, but. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you, listen, you are like, you're like following along and predicting my other points down the line. Cause you're totally right. There's some very synonymous ideas, especially with the military, like in particular, you can't leave, you're isolated, you, there's a big hierarchy, Mm -hmm. just things like that. That's all. Yeah, there's definitely some power similarities for sure. The thing that I thought when he was like listing all these things off, like isolation from friends and family um, and strictly coming at this from what we know of IBLP, mm-hmm. a lot of these are like isolated. check marks. Mm-hmm. You are isolated from former friends and family. Like if you join the church, you're not really supposed to be talking to outsiders anymore special methods to heighten suggestibility and subservience. We will talk about like the ATI groups, Mm -hmm. but they do not let you sleep. Yeah. You, they are, they work you, they work you hard. You are tired. You are very suggestible. It makes me think Um, of, um, 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 shit. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think of shit. It's brown and squishy. No, um, (laughs) it makes me think of yourself, Lynn. 
I'm thinking of. <laughs> it makes me think of something. What did you just say? What did you just <laughs> talk about? The sleep deprivation? And no, before that. Working people? Before ATI. I think ATI is what threw my thought. Um, isolation from former friends and family. Oh, oh, because I would personally, maybe me and JP will do it. Maybe me and you will do it. Maybe you and someone else do it. I don't know. But in a future world, (laughs) I want to do the camps that parents send their troubled kids to, because I feel like in talking about this, it is, it's that that's what's okay. So we're we're actually going to get into that too on this episode. I wanna, I'm telling you, you I want to like, dig into those so bad. I think they're horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. So we're going to come at that from a different angle. We're not, we're not going to go into different groups or people that if this has happened to you, because obviously that would be like, that'd be a whole episode just covering like this one location right. that they take people to and do this thing with kids and whatever. Oh, reservation um, schools. yeah those yeah um so there's a whole bunch of things that go along with that but we are going to kind of talk about that from a different perspective at the end and the military thing as well um which also side sidebar with that that you're talking about of these people getting out of these situations where they basically get kidnapped and dragged off to a desert somewhere yeah for some kind of reformation if you will Mm -hmm. which is awful um horrible my friend who i'm actually hiking with yeah it's it's absolutely atrocious, but my friend that I'm hiking with tomorrow, I haven't talked to her in a while since, you know, moving and then coming back and she's just gotten married. Guy is fantastic. He's awesome. But she was talking about his new job and it's like, Oh, so like, what does he do? She's like, well, well, he basically goes out like in the woods for a week at a time and he works every other week and comes back. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like being an outdoorsy person. Like that's, yeah. you know, we live in a great place. Yeah, like park like, ranger like, super jealous. Right. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, well, like what specifically is he doing? She goes, Oh, he works with troubled youth. And I'm immediately like, red. Um, no, yes. no. I'm like, wait, wait. And I'm like, okay. But like, you know, okay, do their but like, can know I where they are? Questions? Can I like give you questions <laughs> to ask her without giving it away? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have so many questions. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you can't. I but know I was someone just like, that so... went to one of those. Like I know someone, he's a little younger than me that his parents shipped him off to one of those up on a mountain or something. So yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. I mean, well, so another sidebar, but, um, anyway, you want me so to cut the, this? this? I can definitely, cut no, you can this. keep okay. it in just cause it's inter- interesting, but this guy, yeah. he, he does work with troubled youth, but they are all consenting to be there. Okay. Like it That's is, different. it's a really good program where it's just, you know, they're working through their issues and working on interpersonal relationships, but in a nature kind of environment. So he's got that's fantastic. On week on week off. Like that's, it's great. You're getting kids outside. You're yeah. teaching them recreational skills. They're covering survival yeah. skills. They're going hiking. They're building their little community yeah. with these people. On. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> they stay out there for like weeks at a time. And then the staff switch off. It's, it's very legitimate, but immediately I'm like, I've been on so many dark sides of yeah. TikToks and things like that. Yep. But but if anybody who's listening to this has ever watched the documentary called The Last Stop, so where Lynn and I live, literally all around the town we grew up in, there was a, I'm going to say they absolutely fit into the definition of a cult because that's the, so the many Elon summer camps school. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Elon yeah. school. 100%. If you're looking at all this stuff we are covering, absolutely a cult mentality. 
hundred percent. And it was disgusting. And those parents had no idea what their kids were going through yeah. and kids died at that place. Yeah. Well, same with the like, reservation schools. Awful. Yes. Which but, just to update the body count is over 10,000 children now. So Catholic church, what you doing? What you doing? Yeah. I think the Elon school has like less than 10 deaths, but still like, no, but still, I mean, some it doesn't of them matter. You should have zero. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But some of these kids, like they died, not because they died there, but they died trying to get away. So like, it's really bad. very sad. So I definitely want to do a deep dive on that at some point. I think yeah. that'd be super interesting. Uh, we can also see if they fall under the criteria. Of a yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now that we'll be more informed. Um, so where was it? That was such a okay. large sidebar. I'm so sorry. It, it is, but it's all good stuff. Um, so uh, what's the difference between a religion and a cult? So while all religious groups can be dangerous, obviously, mm-hmm. and all social groups can be dangerous, not all religious groups and not all social groups are cults. So on his website, Stevie Boy here says, mm-hmm. would Jesus be considered a cult leader? I mean, he had a huge following. People would yep. literally die in his name. Yep. You know. It's a good question. His response was, have you ever heard any reports of Jesus physically, sexually, or emotionally abusing any of his disciples? Did he amass a huge secret fortune? No, everywhere he went, he relied on hospitality. Yeah. Was he ever accused of stockpiling guns? No, like he didn't even defend himself when they, when, (laughs) but swords. No, yeah. Peter cut off some guy's ear and he's like, why'd you do that, bro? And put it back. You know what I mean? He was not not into weaponizing things, uh, selling drugs. No, abusing children. Absolutely not. No. So not yeah, surprising. Like, none of that is surprising at all. No, absolutely not. So, uh, and then on his website, he also compared and contrasted cults to the Jesuits or the armed forces. So like you said, similar you structures. He said Can there is an indoctrination. Ask a dumb question really fast. What yeah. is Jesuit? i never knew what that word meant. Okay, so I had to look it up too because I've definitely seen it and like I know yes. how to pronounce it. Yep, I've heard it many times. Right, they are part of the technically the Roman Catholic Church, um, so they are a Catholic based division of okay. it. Yes, uh, they are very into missions work, so they go out um, proselytizing. The thing the. Th- yeah. So yeah. the thing you won't like about them is they would go out to these very um, rural areas and they would try to convert a lot of tribal people. Now, I don't think it was the kind of thing where if you're not going to follow us, we're going to basically enslave your people right here. But no. I'm sure they were sticking them in schools. Yeah. I'm sure they're like, no, you're going to speak our language. So Colonizing. I, even... Yeah, even if they went in with really good intentions, I'm sure those people lost a lot of culture in those areas they went to, but they do seem to be really heavy into missions work and not just Bible preaching, also like meeting physical needs of places. So there's nothing wrong with helping out. No, absolutely not. Um, So I don't honestly know too much about them, except for they come from a Catholic basis. Uh, They've Hmm. been around since the 1500s. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize time. missionaries were that um, long, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So they, the society is engaged in evangelization and apost- 
apostolic ministry in 112 different nations. So they're very actively going out and finding people. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I just wish they would let them keep their culture while they did it. Yep. But, um, so thank you. And they're definitely, I was just like, I definitely definitely Yes. No, I didn't either. I was like, you know, I was like, I, I've heard it, but I honestly couldn't say if they were Protestant, Catholic, yep. like I have no idea. So yep. I had to look it up too. Um, so he said with both groups and cause the Jesuits, they are, they are those people that have priests. They do not take a wife unless you're already married going in to be a right. priest. Then you have a wife. But other than that, like you're celibate, very strict. It takes years. Like your commitment to be a high, like higher up in the priesthood could be 15 years just to get there. It's a long time. Yes. Uh, so it says there's an indoctrination process. There are strict codes of behavior and ethics in the Jesuits and the armed forces. There are uniform dress codes, there are restricted diets and exercise regimens. Mm -hmm. So why aren't these groups considered cults? And his thing is, well, they lack deception. And like you said, you know what you're signing on for. Like, right. and it's funny too, because Eric being in the military, like you hear all these horror stories about people walking in the recruiters offices and like, they can still be manipulative yeah. for sure. But if you have an 18 year old kid walks in your office and they're like, this is how it works. This is your sign on bonus. This is how long you would serve to get the sign on bonus. Right. This is the places you could go. Blah, blah, blah. You still can either walk away at that point. Right. Totally fine. Or if you do sign up, they didn't lie to you. You will get that amount of money. It might right. just not be immediately like they might lead it to like, lead you to believe, or it might be in different forms. And once those two years is up, you're going to have to make that decision to sign up again or whatever. Right. So, you know, like I want to become a priest. It's going to take me 15 years. Yeah. So that's a little bit different. Um, you wouldn't walk in the recruiters, like you're going to sign up for three years. We'll give you X amount of money. And then your three years is up and he's like, oh no, like it was actually five and like show right. you that you signed a paper that said five. Like they just don't do that. Yeah. They would get in big trouble if they did, I feel like. Um, yeah. That being said, you know, there's bad people everywhere. But but that's why I was saying, like, I was like, this is going to sound really bad, but I don't like believe that the military is a cult, but they just have things that like line up. That's all. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be similarities. So, yeah. and it says legitimate organizations like the Marines, for instance, and the Jesuits care for their members with healthcare, food, lodging, clothing, and that when members leave, they will have been trained in a trade, they will have received an advanced degree or have received something other of value. Right. So you're also Fantastic. getting something that you can take with you when, when you leave. Right. Instead of, you know, just intense amounts of trauma, which I'm sure a lot of people also have trauma from those yeah. as well. Oh, of but course, of course. Different kind. Yeah. Uh, and so this is going into our not so scholarly articles for a minute, just because I thought they were good. Uh, so I found this one guy on TikTok today. <laughs> not scholarly his... article on TikTok. Not scholarly. But <laughs> I like that you is... wrote TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Yes. I found him on TikTok. His handle is McClellan, M A K L E L A N, and he's on TikTok. And he has a degree in theology and religion. So I thought, like, He's not scholarly, like he doesn't have peer-reviewed articles published, at least that I know of, but he still knows what he's talking about. So he pointed out um, the counter-cult, anti-cult movements can and also have been equally dangerous, just as bad as a cult. So counter-cult is usually a Christian opposition to cults. 
uh, began to decrease in the 1960s. And like, I kind of paraphrased one of his videos just to go over it because he did yeah. a really good job like summarizing. Um, so parents would get really concerned for their children that they were going to run off and join groups of hippies with like the thing of, oh, we're going to teach you how to transcend the world. Yeah. And then non-religious parents were also getting concerned because, you know, they're like, I don't know these people, this weird group, they're claiming things. So that yeah. gave rise, rise to the anti-cult movement. So they started to gain respect in scholarly and medical fields. This whole movement, people are really researching it. They turned it into a mental health issue which legitimized their frameworks of brainwashing and deprogramming. So it expanded the work. So they're like, mm -hmm. there are all these toxic people and we need to look at how they're indoctrinating these people, these kids, bringing them right. into the fold so we can basically undo it right. because they're causing mental health issues, um, which kind of in turn, turn toxic. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little unfortunate. Um, so this increased to the point that they started kidnapping and abusing people in the name of deprogramming them, leading them to lose support in the early 80s and 90s from the scientific community. They basically just got ignored. Psychologists were saying there was no legitimacy to this. So they lost some really big court cases and lost a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're taking somebody out of a group, whether or not it's a cult. So, I mean, those kids getting kidnapped because God only knows yeah. what their parents, you know, maybe yeah, their I'm parents like they need to be stopped before they get into drugs or hang out with the wrong crowd. Right. They're not consenting for, to that. You're doing no. more harm than good probably instead of just yeah. having an open discussion about it. So I can totally see how this is kind of backfiring. Yeah. Um, so this is why we can't seem to find many scholarly peer-reviewed articles anymore. Like that's the main reason is this whole movement. Uh, however, the atheist movement has latched onto this mentality now, and they use the word pathologizing religious membership. So they treat people who take membership in a religion as you have a mental health condition. You're delusional. Okay. And I, I have to say, I've definitely seen this firsthand. I, I don't know not. if you have. I have not. Yeah. So there are people who realize they, um, belong to the anti-cult movement who upon leaving and actually trying to understand it realized they were in fact a part of the very thing they were avoiding they were part of a high demand group yeah so as an example to this and this kind of goes with atheists against christians a lot like we said that christians like to use jargon they kind of mm -hmm. create their own separation and barrier an atheist is not going to appreciate christian walking out to be like have you been born again? Have you been saved? And they're like, right. please stop shoving your doctrine down my mouth using right. your words. Talk to me like a human being, which is totally valid. I get that. Yep. You know, if they had walked up to somebody and be like, have you considered who created this place? Right. And like where you can't, you know, if they just wanted to have a theological discussion, probably would go a lot better. Yeah. Um, but atheists definitely look at Christians who use jargon like that. They think right. you're an idiot right off the bat. And they're like, you're delusional. Like you, this is a mental health issue. You right. are buying, like they, they go the complete opposite of it where it almost makes their thinking toxic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. And I don't, I'm not shocked yeah. by it, but I've never witnessed it firsthand for sure. I, I have for sure. Um, and it's probably because I'm kind of a moderate, I have a very middle view on things because yeah. definitely like 
I was brought up in a Christian household. I still hold so many of those same values, but I'm totally open to talk about things. You do not have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you. That's totally fine. And so because I'm more open and having discussions like that and asking questions, I think people just assume I'm not in that category. They're like, oh, you don't have beliefs. So then they speak freely and they're like, Christians are so, you know, they're so stupid and blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, so you do know I have some of those beliefs too, right? right? And then they backpedal really bad. So like I actually firsthand experienced that. I was like, very interesting. You think we're toxic, but you're bringing in all of this like stuff without really asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're bringing it to me and not the other way around. Yeah. It's not really appreciated. So it definitely goes both ways for sure. This is like a weird comparison, but I I am going to, because I am vegan, although I cheat sometimes. Not with meat, all like fish and like, <laughs> like I bought, went to buy cheese the other day and like all their cheese was kind of oh, nasty. Cheese. So I just bought regular cheese. And I was like, am I going <laughs> to feel sick later? Probably. Did I just eat it straight out of the bag while I was cooking last night? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like shredded cheese. I was just like, I'm not even using this to cook, but I'm eating it. <laughs> Whatever. It's not even going in the recipe. It's fine. But I make a point because some vegans are literally the worst and <laughs> I try to make a point to not be that person, to not be like, oh, is this vegan? If it's not vegan, I can't eat it. Or like, I might actually eat in it, but that's it. If there's eggs or whatever, I'll eat it. I won't cook it that way, but I'll eat it. But I wouldn't eat an omelet only because I think I've lost my taste for eggs just in general. Um, but I've gone so far that way that now people that know I'm vegan, if I say like, oh, I made brownies or whatever, they'll be like, oh, is it vegan? I'm like, I'm trying to not be that person. And you're like forcing me to be that person. Like, it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I right. just, that's, I yeah, really it that way. Right. Cause if you say you're vegan, people are like, oh, well now One I have to, I have to go out of my way to like check ingredient lists. And like, you're going to expect right. me to do that. Or like, like, talk about it or like, I'm going to talk about it all the time or make you feel bad for eating the way you do or whatever. No, exactly. Or same thing with like CrossFit, right? Like everybody hates hates people that only talk about CrossFit. Like they hate it. And it totally, I totally get it. Yeah. Like that's, you're just bringing on your own substance. Well, it's also not a a personality trait. (laughs) Yes. Your, your hobby is not a personality trait. hundred percent. So yeah. Diet is also not a personality trait. Exactly. So <laughs> it, yeah, it can go both ways, definitely. Yeah. Or um, people kind of making you feel guilty just because you choose to eat a different way, but you're not going to impose that on somebody else. They can almost impose it for you, which right. is hard. Yeah. So those, I have, both tractions. I have even um, a friend of ours who I will not name. Well, I can name him for you, but I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. I remember when we were younger, he would ask me questions and I would be like, honest, but like, like, do you, have you drank anything ever when I was like 16? I was like, yeah, at home sometimes with my mm-hmm. dad, whatever. Um, right. And he would like, start like shoving Jesus down my throat a little bit. And I was like, bitch, I go to church with you. <laughs> Fucking no, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Like it was just we we were literally so sitting next to each other last Sunday, dude. Like, like I was literally. <laughs> we yeah, read the same portion of the Bible last Wednesday. Like, can we move on? Get and he got over he's it. So pushy eventually, but he used to do that. So I felt it from that side too, of just being like, "Hey, but you're shut up." <laughs> you know? Right. 
Ugh. Right. And when you have somebody that's, that can be considered pushy in that regard, like it is easy to be like, well, you're, this is just your delusion. Like yeah. it's not mine. Leave me yeah. alone. But you know, that person leaves and like all of a sudden you forget everything you did enjoy about their company and they're right. like, you know, like this person's so delusional. Like that's not healthy. Right. If you're, if you're just equating what's coming out of their mouth and their belief as that's their whole personality, which for some people they can make it that way. Yeah. But that's where the toxic part comes yeah. into, I feel like. Yeah. So I think it goes both ways for okay. sure. Yeah, definitely does. Um, so then we have this other guy that I popped up because I wanted to dive into the anti-cult movement a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about people that were maybe a little bit more involved. And this one guy has a whole YouTube channel about it. Um, and one of his videos, which I also kind of summarized a little bit, um, the, this consensus when you're in these anti-cult movements is like, if you can change someone's mind after they've been brainwashed, that's the ultimate rhetorical victory. Like. Okay. You know, you had somebody that followed Jim Jones and you deprogram them and like, right. look, I won. It's kind of toxic. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, going against cult brainwashing is the basis of the anti-cult movement. Um, there's also a sociologist named um, Eileen Baker from the London School of Economics. And she went to a Mooney seminar back when they were doing them. I guess they were like three days. So she went there for three days and where they were um, applying these cult brainwashing techniques over the series of three days. Now, three days, I feel like isn't very long. I don't suspect a lot of people would buy into that in three days. Um, But she counted all the people in the room on each day, showing that by the third day, 90% of the people had left. So they only had 10% that were really buying into it. Um, and of those 10%, they were all gone within two years out of the Mooney's cult. Hmm. So this shows that cult brainwashing actually doesn't work that well, like longevity wise. Right. So he, he went on to say that this is an easy out to explain simple ideologies that people hold on to. Um, so, you know, people who are Jewish have a certain ideology catholics mm-hmm. have a certain ideology buddhists have certain ideologies it's not necessarily brainwashing right like ideology is something you hold for a lifetime brainwashing doesn't seem to stick very well right so that makes sense um so there's no cult brainwashing like that anti-cult anything like the anti-cult movement teaches this belief that one can be brainwashed causes own trauma loops such as self-shame and guilt for allowing yourself to become brainwashed. So, you know, like, oh no, like I wasted 10 years of my life being brainwashed by this cult. That's like, um, why did blaming. I stay? Kind of, yeah, a mind. little bit. He, yeah. Right. And he continues to argue that this thought process can cause increased damage. Yeah. And one should be free to objectively understand there may have been alternate alternative reasons for why the victims did things when, when they were a member of the cult. Like, right. You know, I did this because I felt so helpless because this person made me feel that way. Right. And like, that's why I responded the way I did. I think it's nothing. Relationships are also very similar in that sense. Cause you can be like, why was yes. I so stupid? Why did I fall for that? Why? Like, and you feel guilty for letting yourself yep get into that it's just so it's like if you're listening and you're like well I'm not in a cult so I don't relate to this discussion like that's how I relate to it is like being in a toxic mm-hmm. relationship it's kind of the same 
feeling. Exactly. Really so, hard to, it's really hard to defeat those thoughts to be like, I'm a victim. Stop blaming yourself. It's not your fault. Right. So there's, yeah. Yeah. You just take on everything that the person like did to you rather mm-hmm. is like you did it to yourself, which isn't accurate like right. at all. Um, so there's no room for self-reflection. So you're kind of limited in your healing process by people saying like, you know, well, you were brainwashed. It's like, oh yeah, like I was, that's why, like, I can't move on. It's like, well, maybe you're not moving on as fast as you could be because you're not allowing yourself grace to move on. Like it's a big, big problem. Yeah. Uh, so basically this extreme anti-cult movement can go so far the other way. It can give people an unneeded victim complex, putting them into another member role. Like you just, you went mm. from one cult and so the member role of people that are way more, you know, like sympathetic towards you. Right. And are trying to say all the right things, but they still, they put you in a box. Right. So, um, so anti-cult equals added no. trauma. Is that what I just did? <laughs> what? Myself. Saying like you're the victim in that situation. I mean, you definitely are a victim. But like I was saying, people. you have to get beyond that so that you can heal from it and stop thinking those ways. I feel like that's you can't blame yourself. No, no, no. It's complicated. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Also, when you're talking about abusive relationships, um, there's been like a lot of studies on in neurology based on how the brain handles that kind of trauma and like just talking abusive partner, not even a cult. I'm sure it would be a lot different because you'd be surrounded by other people where trauma bonded to them and you're all experiencing the same thing. So it's probably almost worse in some ways, but that how your brain starts talking to itself in a negative way, because the leader's talking to you and has led you to believe that that's all your worth is. It takes so long for those connections in your brain to rebuild correctly. Right. But they can, they can, yeah. But it takes a long time and way longer than it took for you to fall into it. And it all starts with being kind to yourself. Like it's crazy the physiological effects that that can have. Yeah. And how growth happens afterwards. It's nuts. Like, like you can physically see it. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. So also Stevie boy at the end of his, at the yes. end of his really good article talking about the CIA guy. And like, this is, this is the things we see when we're talking about brainwashing. He has some really good resources on his website of like places to go resources to contact. If you think you've been involved in a a group, um, he says, I will mention cult awareness network or, or can Mm -hmm. with a major caveat. So a cult awareness network. Great. It sounds like a place for survivors to be able to go and get support. Right. Yeah. Guess who they're owned by. I don't know. Hmm. So (laughs) Can was once a prominent and controversial leader of the anti-cult movement in the USA. Following a financially and complicated, financially devastating and complicated lawsuit, all CAN assets, including its name, were sold to the Church of Scientology. A group that prominent investigators like Pulitzer Prize winning author Lawrence Wright have labeled a particularly harmful cultic group, and they bought it in I think 2013 or something like that. So the new can owned and operated by the church of Scientology maintains its website still. No. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't that like full freaking circle? Are you serious? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. Now that being said, maybe there's other places on their website. You can 
branch off of from there, but maybe like not go directly I to would them. Not no. I and I live in LA and there are churches of Scientology all over the place. And you are welcome to just go in there. Yeah. And I've always like walked by and been like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like a chicken. Don't feel like, like yeah. I can't. Like I'm very curious. I have a lot of questions, but do you scare me? <laughs> Don't want you digging in my trash or like accosting me at the grocery store with like cameras and yelling squirrel buster or whatever the heck you guys do. They're all insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're terrifying. Um, there's also uh, Steve Hassan, the guy that created the bite model. He was mm-hmm. on a episode uh, 237 on the Jordan Harbinger show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give a whole bunch of resources as well. So I put their, his link from that episode in there. I mean, he had like awesome. 70 sources of like learning about cults and then the places to go. If you think you're in one stuff like that. Awesome. Um, but ironically on one of the source lists, I'm like scrolling and scrolling or whatnot. Um, there is a source in the list called pyramid so this is a resource for those leaving MLMs. So Perry, if you're listening, you are probably clapping somewhere right now because in fact, MLMs follow a very similar setup and can in fact fall into the criteria for a high demand group. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was fascinating as well because it, it does tend to line up. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd stick the cult label on there just right. yet, but I would definitely put them into the High or high criteria risk. group. Yeah. Yes, I, so if anyone is curious, you can go listen to our friend Perry's podcast, PS We Have Orders. They have a couple episodes about MLMs. Um, mm-hmm. And they just had a new update about Young Living, which was interesting. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm a couple episodes behind. I was too. I caught up I like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like four episodes behind. I just got to the one where Perry was talking about her snowboarding trip. All oh. stupid things we did that weekend. I'm like, oh, good times. Ugh, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so if anyone wants to like dive into that area of what an MLM is and how they talk about that in a great way, they do fantastic research. Yep. So they do a good job. Go over there. <laughs> uh, so the last point I will make is specific to IBLP is the website Recovering Grace, which will come up probably a lot throughout yes. the rest of our series. It's really, really good. Um, but this little synopsis that I found, I thought was a really good way of summing up this website specifically, because they are only invested in IBLP. Yeah. Uh, Recovering Grace is an online organization devoted to helping people whose lives have been impacted by the teachings of Bill Gothard, the Institute of Basic Life Principles, and the Advanced Training Institute. Recovering Grace provides a unique perspective in that it was founded and is operated by adults and their spouses who are raised as children in Bill Gothard's Advanced Training Institute. We all have attended Bill Gothard's seminars, and most of us have served within the IBLP organization in some form or fashion. Among the members of our team are pastors, lawyers, teachers, accountants, businessmen, and stay-at-home moms. We have all taken different journeys, but we all have one thing in common. We survived ATI. Mm. For more about who and what Bill Gothard, IBLP, and ATI is, visit our frequently asked questions section. So whole website is basically about exposing deconstructing it's very very good and like you will you could be on there for weeks if you're even if you even if you stroll through the comment section it's very interesting yeah super super good and I know um there's a couple girls that 
have their own podcast specifically about surviving IBLP as well. And one of the co-hosts actually wrote a couple stories because people submit their own stories and yeah. they're proofread multiple times. And even on their website itself, when you go in there, because uh, they are still all Christian based and they really attack Bill for his terrible theology and how they don't agree with it. And they say everything that's submitted, they review it like really, you know, they go in with a fine tooth comb, make sure it's acceptable that it's standing um, within their values as well. And they also say every time somebody submits something, they pray over it, hoping it's the right decision. Like they're just out there to expose people and do good things. But she's gotten some flack for just submitting like, Hey, this is what happened to me. I was at this training Institute and like this, this, that, and the other thing happened. And like IBLP members are going on there and be like, you're lying. She's like, I'm not though. Like this literally happened to me. So they're still getting attacked from people inside the organization Mm. that just don't believe them. I'm like, you have hundreds of people that have submitted firsthand accounts. I don't understand how you're missing this. Like it's crazy. It's not a good environment to be in. It's because ignorance is bliss for them. It's so because once you start, because I feel like once you start questioning one thing, that means you have to start questioning everything. Right. It all just derails and what do you have left? Yeah. And like that guy said, it's like, well, I've wasted how many years being part of this? Yeah. Like it, it in that regard, um, you know, like that kind of self-blame and self-hate and your victim complex that anti-cult movement stick you in. Like you did spend a lot of time. Right. You, you can't get back. It's tough. But it also so. is, you're not, it's not, it's not what happens to you. It's your reaction to it. So if you got out. Mm-hmm. And you're deprogramming yourself or deconstructing, as a lot of evangelicals say, or ex-evangelicals, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that just means you are who you are now. You're smarter because of it. You've learned something from it. It's all, I believe everything has a purpose. So, and I know yeah. not everybody believes that, but it does make you who you are. Yeah. And even good things can come out of really bad situations. Absolutely. Look at all these people that situations. Um, have you ever watched that documentary child of rage? It's no very difficult to watch. She's like six years old and saying these horrible things. And it's from, I think the early night, maybe the eighties. Um, and coming out of it, she's like a nurse. She works with kit. Like she completely has flipped and become this like it's the same as that woman that the I can't remember her name maybe we'll cut this the one that gets her arms chopped off and she was like shoved in a oh, ditch and Mary she St. Vincent yes mm-hmm. and she's like a, mm-hmm. she does like great advocacy work and stuff like that so yeah not saying that that's what you have to do if something horrible happens to you to do advocacy work but it can help you find your true like meaning or passion or whatever yeah Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, some people, if you just survive and you got out, that's good enough. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to do anything else spectacular. You just have to take care of yourself. Yes. If you want to, or choose to do something to be more proactive about getting other people out of these toxic situations or speaking out on other people's behalf, like fantastic, but you know what, getting out alive and getting out with a better mental state is okay too. But I'm saying it as like, you're not weak because of it. You're actually stronger no. because you got out. That's all. It doesn't no. mean you're weak well, in any way. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing too. Like even going back to, cause obviously you and I like, we're not, we haven't been part of the cult. Like I, I've, you know, had consent to everything I've gotten into, but when you're with an abusive partner, so yeah. like narcissists, they, they pick the cream of the crop to go after. They don't just go after weak people is kind of the yeah. idea of they go after these weak people. No, they go after kind, considerate, yeah. conscious, um, selfless people, because even narcissists can see how good those people are. And they're like, yeah, that's all, everything I want to be. And they have no idea right. how to do that. And that right. person sadly gets in a position that's terrible for them. It also makes so. me think of, I don't remember where I heard this. It's also slipping from my brain. No, <laughs> it was so no. good. It was about, I don't know. Oh, fuck. It was about leaving a cult. I'll think of it. <laughs> Continue. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's completely gone. So if I think of it at 2 a.m. and you get a random like video message from me, I'll be like, this is for housekeeping. Housekeeping. Remind me. Okay. Yeah. So after doing all this research, I, I do feel conflicted about just being quickly to stick a label of cult on anything. Yes. Because it's so muddy. Yep. Like it's, it's very, very muddy. Um, so I like the high demand group category that they put them in. I also enjoy high yeah. risk group because I feel like that can yeah. really apply to anything and everything, which sounds like this kind of does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how do you feel about after every learning all of the ins and outs and people's opinions and like- scholarly research? I like that it kind of showed me how much of a cult Scientology is only because they fight that term so hard and like kind of Mm -hmm. violently at times. Um, a lot of the time. It's a blind spot. Um, yeah. So I think that that, and I've met Scientologists. They're very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's not, it's not black and white. I do think if we think of it in terms of like how murder is broken into first degree, second degree, third degree, and then you also have manslaughter, <laughs> right? Accidental situations and whatever. Like, I think that if you look at cults that way, it's not just like it's a cult or it isn't because I think religion mm-hmm. and cults have a very fine gray line that keeps them right. separate. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of these cult leaders too, they might not have gone out with the intent of right clearly killing their whole following or whatever but they still ended up that way right they did later they made that decision later but maybe actually you know like initially bill gother just wanted to work with youth and go into chicago and do all great awesome meet people where they are but i think that happened i think that goes to show that power is a very dangerous thing yes I would agree. And, you know, the people that I have in my life that have been um, the most influential, I would say, um, as far as how I grew up and molding my beliefs that I still hold true to, the people that stuck out the most did not wield any power they had whatsoever. Like the people that made the biggest impact and they, it's, I mean, it's everywhere. It could be your coworkers. It could be a fantastic boss that leads next to you instead of telling you how to do something like they never wield power those are the people that make the biggest difference so as soon as people start and like something's not 
Yeah. Like, this isn't going to end well. Yep. They get really legalistic and telling you and politicians. <laughs> Poli- yeah. Politicians are old pastor growing up. Oh, every, single, mm-hmm. every single one of them. Yeah. Yep. So power is definitely, I, I think the charismatic leader is kind of the thing that seals the deal for me. Yeah. The power hungry charismatic yeah. leader. If you are neither of those things, you're probably fine. Yeah. Like, a, you know, as long as your doctrine is sound and you're not hurting anyone. Um, oh yeah. Of and course. you're and you can be a good leader. Healthy. Yeah. Like but good yeah, leaders yeah. are a thing too. Mm. Yeah. Yep. They are. Yeah. So basically, if you left a pyramid scheme such as Amway, you're probably in a high demand group. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Good for you on getting out of there. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember the thing that slipped my brain. That's so really quick. I'm just going to read what you finished on, except not because we were talking. So it wasn't that. It was something about sorry. leaving. No, it's okay. It was something about leaving a cult and like, it was not a statistic I knew. It was like, it's gone. I don't know. Maybe I'll come to you and you'll have to put it in housekeeping for next time. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Yep. I'm ready. If you need resources or you know someone who may be at risk of being in a cult or a high demand group or any of those things that we've talked about, you can visit um, www.freedomofmind.com. The link will also be in our link tree on our IG page uh, at Mr. Radical Presents. If you have any questions or a story you want to share anonymously, privately with just us or publicly, you can email us at Mr. Presents at gmail.com. Make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. In the name of deconstructing, deprogramming, and all things holy. Until next time. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Music. I'm only saying saying music because I left it in. (laughs) I go and then bam, music. And then music. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I typed in Bible puns earlier today and that seemed to give me some good short ones. <laughs> I don't think I can oh my gosh. this one. There's but... like, okay, just the record, these things, these yeah. nose piercings, they're like shish kebabs for boogers. <laughs> don't be I don't have, I was unwarned. Mine's just this, so I'm good. <laughs> Do you have like a ball or is it just the kind of thing no. where you have to like go like this to put it in? Yeah, like, what are, just what are over cross. Okay. I would take it off, but I'd be afraid. Um, okay, here's my Jesus pun. What do a Christmas tree and a priest have in common? You're not going to guess it. Their balls are just for decoration. (laughs) (laughs) That's so mean, but so funny oh I wouldn't say I was like maybe that's like bad but I really like it (laughs) (laughs) okay
god oh that's hilarious (laughs) Uh, oh man that's a good one enough of this